Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's BGN Radio episode number 109, the coronavirus episode. I am Jimmy Kemsky with phillyboys.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, are you quarantined? Jimmy, I am in isolation. I am practicing social distancing, which I'm very good at by now. <laughs> you do that by default anyway? or uh... I've, I've worked on this. My whole life has been building up to this moment. <laughs> there you go. On a more serious note, uh, obviously probably not looking as good for the BGN Radio meetup that we referenced last week. Probably not going to happen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, especially with everything else in the world, understandably, rightfully, shutting down. It's strange times we live in, Jimmy, unprecedented times. Are you actually uh, self-quarantining? Uh, I'm staying in as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I went you? to ShopRite yesterday, and uh, that's about it. I hadn't been out. I didn't go out at all the day before. I haven't been out all day today. I did have somebody stop by i had a flood in my kitchen so i had uh, water remediation done this is going back a few weeks and they uh cut out a piece of the drywall in the uh, kitchen so i i have to have that fixed and uh, a guy came over he knocks on the door i answer he sticks his hand out to shake my hand and i'm like in my head i'm like are you kidding me guy like are you, are you kidding me like if you, you not watched like a second of news so i'm like i'm, I'm sorry man i'll fist bump you right so like <laughs> So I fist bump him, right? And then he comes in, and uh, he looks at it. He apparently can't do whatever work needs needs to be done. And uh, he goes, well, let me give you my card. And uh, again, boom, sticks his hand out again to shake my hand. Oh, come on. <laughs> but now I can't I can't go back twice and, and go, no, I'm not shaking your hand twice. So I, <laughs> I shake his hand. He goes out the door, and I immediately like, wash my hands for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So that's what coronavirus is doing to me. Yeah, and we'll get into Eagles here, obviously. I don't want to spend too much on this when I know people are kind of looking for a distraction from all this. I just wanted to say um, myself, it is like a weird time for for me personally. Like, I'm not one to get, like, worried about many things. I feel like I'm pretty apathetic. (laughs) I'm a pretty apathetic person in general and pretty, like, mellow. I think you would... that's fair to say, right, Jimmy? I'm pretty... Like, yeah, I think I'm so, not, yeah. I'm pretty stoic, I guess is the word. Okay. I, I'm not, like, panicking about this, but, like, I am uneasy, I will say. Like, I, I do have this feeling, like, of uneasiness about all this. And and really, I'm bringing this up in part because it feels just, like, weird that we're even going to have a new league year start, potentially, not confirmed. Like, uh, Dan Gracciano, other reports out there, I think from Ian Rappaport, have said that the league year is going to start on time on Wednesday... March 18th next week, but it just feels so weird to me. Like, it yeah. doesn't feel, it feels bizarre. Like, I know, and I a bunch of people are like, well, it doesn't matter because 
you know, a lot of these signings or trades or whatever can be negotiated. You know, it's not like they have to be done in person. But like, that's it's not as simple as that to me. Do you it's agree not at with all. That? It's not a, a, at all that simple because, I mean, first of all, you have the Eagles and other teams just shutting down the facility, with the exception of you know some very key personnel, very limited number of people uh, going into work or whatever. So you're not operating if like if, the, if that continues through like the start of free agency, you're not operating at 100% capacity if you have like like the majority of your employees out of the building. So it's not like how he's sitting in his living room, you know, calling up <laughs> agents and, and players and signing them that way. Like they, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that go into that and there's a lot of resources that go into that. And it just feels like it'll be thrown together a little haphazardly. If, uh, you know, you still have teams that are basically telling their employees not to come into work. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a great idea. Certainly uh, for my purposes, it'd be great. Like I want free agency to happen because I'm on empty in terms of like things to write. So like I kind of planned for the whole year for this free agency to happen this week. Like I made sure like, you know, I don't I don't make any plans for this week every year. Mm-hmm. I make sure like I keep it free. I make sure I can be in front of my computer for, you know, X number of hours per day. And if free agency doesn't happen, then I have nothing. Like I have nothing to do for the entirety of the week. So like I from my selfish perspective, I, I want it to happen. But I don't think it's a great idea. Yeah, my mind just isn't there. And I hear all that and I agree. Like, obviously, I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to professionally. Yeah. Like, but like, and I can even see it in the traffic numbers today. Like, they're just, they're down. They are. Across yeah, the they're, network. They're, they're bad. Yeah, I agree. I don't think people care. And I don't think people should care because, like, how they can you write. focus on this right now? Like, how am I supposed <laughs> to, like, tell you that Byron signing Byron Jones to 18 million is, like, a good idea or not? When like people are like fighting over toilet paper, yeah, it just doesn't feel <laughs> it feels tone deaf to me. That's what it really yes, does. So yes, naturally, yes. we're doing a podcast here, and look, you know, we're going to get into some discussion. Um, this is a distraction for some people, and I get that. It isn't for me. I feel like personally, when I'm doing it, because I, you know, when we're because we're seeing the coronavirus. Um, impact on our industry, you know, like they're canceling pre-draft visits, which is obviously a huge hit to my personal brand and then for BGN, yeah. uh, keeping track of those. And then, you know, all this other stuff, like the, the owner's meetings are are closing. So it's not even fully, it's not even truly a distraction. Now, with that said, there are some things we can talk about, Jimmy, uh, not coronavirus related. And I just wanted to get into some of that. Uh, one thing we missed from last week, it came out on the day that we, re- we released BGN Radio episode 108 last week, which, by the way, thank you for all the feedback we got. We got a lot of good feedback on that one. So that was uh, nice to hear from everyone. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> my Eagles bro- choking up on something, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie wanted to get in. Yeah. Jimmy, what do you make of the Marty Morningweg rehire? I like it. I think he brings, uh, well, I mean, I think he's going to bring ideas to the table, like uh, pretty much all their other hires. And I think the, the Eagles offense was very effective when he when he was a coach, you know, here mm-hmm. for, for as long as he was. You know, I think the concern is like, are there too many cooks in the kitchen in, in regard to that? And I think the more ideas, the better. It's really just, you know, kind of, you know, how do you manage those ideas? And I think that Doug Peterson proved uh, during the Super Bowl year in 2017 that when a lot of, idea, when a lot of ideas were coming in, he was able to kind of pick and choose the best ones, and they out scheme teams all year long. So, you know, the the more experienced person, not personnel, but um, idea guys that you can have uh, on your coaching staff, then you know, I think the better off they'll be. I agree with like the upside of that hire being that like that that's the case. I would say to the too many cooks point, I would say that's not a nothing thought. 
considering how look i think the eagles have a plan for how they're gonna implement all this i don't think like they're flying you know by the seat of their pants so to speak right when it comes to bringing in like they have an idea they have a structure in mind i definitely believe that my concern would be to raise a concern if we're looking at like pros and cons of this would be that in the eagles organization there is a history of people not always respecting their power or you know or in any industry really not just exclusive to the eagles and it's not so much about always where you draw the lines of communication and power out, but how those are respected once, you know, like ego and, you know, the team's losing, whatever, like those things come into play. So that's mm-hmm. that's my only wonder is like, is everyone going to kind of, you know, play nice and respect the boundaries and like stay in their lane? Or is there going to be someone overstepping their bounds, which again, we have seen in the Eagles organization before. So that's the only thing I would say about that. I'm not even saying that about Marty specifically would do that. I think maybe there is something to him even being kind of more uh, like we've talked about the bad cop role with Rich Gangarello. Like maybe he's in that too. Or maybe, honestly, I thought the timing of the hire was interesting. You know, the fact they bring him in like this late as opposed to announcing him with all the other coaches. Like maybe this is kind of like a throw a bone to Doug thing, you know, because he, he's a kind of like a Doug guy. Uh, like maybe Doug really wanted him and they kind of like, okay, Doug, you can have this. Um, so I don't know. But I just wanted to touch on that and a couple of the other quick hitting things we had here. Uh, The XFL is over, Jimmy. Like everything else. (laughs) Yeah, like like everything else. Like the NCAA basketball tournament, like the NBA, well, suspended, NHL suspended. Uh, I think they just suspended. We're we're recording this on Friday, by the way, but I think they just uh, suspended the Masters as well. Whatever. And a couple, you know, day or two ago, they suspended whatever tournament was going on this weekend. They suspended, uh, what am I missing here? Everything. Yeah. Uh, MLS and, of course, XFL, which means the XFL is probably done. Like, like, they might be done forever for all all we know. But, um, you know, like like the AAF last year, the, what was it called? Alliance Alliance of American Football. Yeah, okay. A lot of those guys that played in that league got signed to uh, NFL teams. And one of those for the Eagles was Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, he was with the Eagles in previous training camps, but he played in the AAF. I think he had a punt return for a ch- touchdown one in one of those games. Didn't really do much mm-hmm. as a receiver, I think, um, in his short AAF career. But um, I guess, you know, the question is, will the Eagles sign any of those guys? Jimmy, so I took a look at eight of some of these players the Eagles could sign. And to be clear, the XFL made it clear like these these NFL players or sorry, these XFL players can sign now yes. with NFL teams. Originally that wasn't going to be the case until after the draft in late April. Um, but since <laughs> there's no league anymore, they can actually sign. Yeah. So I think the one name that people are going to point to, uh, not just for the Eagles, but around the NFL, is P.J. Walker, right? Uh, Temple alumnus, because he was awesome. He had like 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Yeah, he probably and... would have been like what the league MVP. I didn't follow yeah. that closely, but I know that like he was getting a lot of hype. I did, he was just looking awesome. Like he was yeah. just throwing the ball down the field. He looked great. Um, I don't think the Eagles are going to bring him in because I think they're looking for more of a veteran backup behind Carson Wentz. I think they kind of already have their developmental guy, in their mind at least, in Kyle Laletta. Um, Maybe they add someone through the draft still, but I don't think they add a P.J. Walker, especially because, unfortunately, he doesn't fit their size, their obsession. He's only like 5'11". You know, they they don't really like those smaller guys at quarterback. But P.J. Walker's teammate, Jimmy. Cam Phillips. Yeah, like nine touchdowns in five games or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, very productive. In the XFL, I'll also throw Trey McBride in there, a 2015 seventh round pick, or sorry, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, I believe. Um, just 
and the point of those guys, again, I wrote about these guys more in detail at bleedinggreennation.com. I just wanted to mention them here because I feel like with the Greg Ward thing last year, uh, it's kind of just like why not throw everything you have at wide receiver? Like they, they need wide receiver help so bad. Like why not just throw everything at Like sign an XFL sure. guy. Why not? Like just do it. Like it's just a spot on the 90-man roster. You're yeah, he's really like another like anything. Deontay Burnett type guy that you have coming yeah. in to compete. Uh, that's where I'm at with that. Did I you see his Will- 40 that he ran, by the way? Who, McBride? No, the receiver. Or- Cam Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. I didn't. It was awful. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I took a quick look at one point over the last week or two, just at, you know, stats from, from that league. And, yep. you know, obviously his stats are eye-popping. Like, he's just slaughtered everyone as far as receivers go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, you know, looked up, you know, if there was anything, any video of him or whatever. I watched whatever was available of him. And I looked up his 40 time, and it was like a four- I want to say it was over 4.8. Well, he's definitely on the Eagles' radar then. <laughs> For sure. 4.79. Hmm, not great. At his pro day, I believe, at, uh, at Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's not great. But, uh, you know, you know, oh, no, actually, I'm seeing here now, there's another one that's 4.87. <laughs> that can't Jeez. be right. That can't be right. But anyway, you ran a, you ran a terrible 40 is kind of the bottom line there. So, but whatever, who cares? Like, I mean, yeah, the, just Eagles take a are, shot. The, yeah, the Eagles are going to... They're gonna they're gonna bring in some kind of speed receiver. I think you know you and I both agree on that. Uh, whether that be through free agency or the draft. Um, so I mean, like, like you've mentioned, they have what coming back. They have JJ definitely coming back. They have Deshaun almost certainly coming back, and they have Greg Ward coming back, and you know, and then a mishmash of other guys like Robert Davis, Shelton and, Gibson, and Deontay Burnett, and Shelton Gibson, and you know, those guys will all compete for a roster spot. So. Um, yeah, I mean, bring him in, worth a shot. The last name I had real quick is Will Hill. Remember Will Hill, Jimmy? Yeah, so he was still around when I had my... Blogging the Beast. Crappy little blog. Yeah, Blogging the Beast. Like, was he undrafted? I know he wound up on the Giants at one point. Yeah. And he was he was on the Giants at one point when, uh, when I still had that blog. So he's been mm-hmm. around forever. He was always in trouble. He got in trouble all the time in college. Got in trouble a lot early in his career in the NFL. And he kind of went away. I don't really know what he's what he's all about now, but he's got to be getting up there in age, right? He <laughs> like just he's got to be turned, he's got to be pushing like thirty, right? He just turned thirty. He yeah, okay. Played, he, he originally signed with the Ravens and then received a two year, seven million dollar extension when Andy Wydell was in Baltimore. So there could be a little bit of a connection there. Okay, and I just feel like the Eagles have nothing. They literally have nothing at safety. I mean, Jenkins, we don't know if he's going to be back. Cloud's going to be a free agent. Your two safeties are <laughs> behind them are Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. So, like, yeah. why not just add a safety? Even if it's not Will Hill. Like, why I mean, he not always had talent, one? but just could never put it together. Uh, so, going into a bigger, meatier topic of the show, Jimmy. Be- beyond the XFL. Now that everyone has tuned out because we were talking about the XFL. <laughs> right. uh, off-season plans. Yes. This is a question that came up uh, for me. Uh, I had been thinking about it anyway. I haven't written the post yet for BleedingGreenNation.com. Maybe I'll do it in addition to this little podcast we have going on here. Yeah. Jimmy. I've done it twice. (laughs) Yes. What is your ideal offseason plan for the Eagles? Yeah. Let's go through it. So I'll blow through this quickly because I've I've already written it twice. But So I did like the calendar year with the stick figures or whatever. And then more recently I got asked in a a chat and I, uh, you know, kind of expanded on that in in a mailbag post. Uh, they gave me like what six changes I would make. So the first would be cut Alshon Jeffrey, and they'll do that. You know, as soon as as soon as that CBA is not as soon. So like, remember before when we like were given the over under? Uh, I forget what we said. Was it forty eight hours in terms of how long it would take yeah. to cut Alshon after uh, that new CBA got signed or mm-hmm. the new CBA got done? Well, 
I think I said over at the time. But mm. now that we're pushed up against free agency, I think it'll be under. No, nope, so I think you can't change it. I already won. <laughs> I would like to change that to under. But yeah, I think they cut uh, Alshon. I think they purge a lot of the guys that were not purge, but they let, just let a lot of guys that were on their Super Bowl roster who are scheduled to be free agents walk uh, in free agency, like JP, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Timmy Jernigan, uh, Kamugrujir Hill, uh, Rodney McLeod, Ronald Darby, uh, Big V. I do think they'll re-sign Jalen Mills, but. Uh, and then, of course, I've, as we know, they already kind of let go of uh, Nigel Bradham. Uh, then I think they're going to spend big at cornerback. More specifically, I do think they sign Byron Jones. I think they bring Jalen Mills back, as already mentioned. And then I think they add three-plus wide receivers, whether that be in free agency, uh, the draft, well, really a combination of free agency and the draft. And I think they get one of the two-speed guys in free agency, just so mm. that they don't have to worry about it in the draft. So... By one of the two guys, I mean either Robbie Anderson or Brashad Perryman. I think they get either one of those two guys. That way they can kind of focus on drafting the best wide receiver available as opposed to just a guy that has speed and those two things don't always align. Uh, I think they find middle ground with uh, Malcolm Jenkins. That's not necessarily a change, but uh, I think they do get something done. And I think they kind of, I guess uh, ideally you'd want to find that middle ground with him prior to the start of free agency because if you don't Mm -hmm. then you know all the available free agent safeties are gonna be gone and you're kind of left kind of you know scraping the bottom of the barrel if at some point in june or july or whenever you can't find middle ground with him and he's gone for in you know whether you let him go or you trade trade him for something that's not a good situation so ideally they they get something done with him quickly but I don't think, you know, anyone kind of foresees that on the, you know, immediate horizon. And then uh, this year, I think this has nothing to do with their offseason plan, but I do think they win the NFC East again. Uh, I think uh, in... uh, Good plan. (laughs) I think uh, in uh, free agency, they also sign a linebacker. Um, I think Corey Littleton is awesome and fits them perfectly. And if there ever was going to be a time where they splurge on that position, he'd be the guy to do it with. I don't think they go that route. I think they sign more of a, uh, a cost-efficient guy like a Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, I don't think they go the route of Joe Schobert. I think, you know, they, they kind of go like middle-of-the-road linebacker signing there. And, uh, yeah, I guess that'd pretty much be it. You'd probably have to sign a safety, too, if you're going to let Ronnie McLeod go. I don't think they'll spend a ton of money there. Uh, but that's, you know, the basics of what I would do, as explained several times already. <laughs> All right, you're up, BLG. Wrong. Everything was wrong. <laughs> got to scrap it all. Try to delete it from your memory if you heard that. So it was a terrible <laughs> off-season plan. Uh, no, a lot of this is similar, I think, which is boring. Not everything, though. I would sign Byron Jones. More people have come around to that. Benjamin Solak had a really good breakdown, our own, BGN Radio's own Benjamin Solak, on BleedingGreenNation.com this week of why Byron Jones is worth the money. You should go read that if you are not convinced. I would re-sign Jalen Mills, and I think that will happen. Because I don't think the Eagles are going to spend like huge on two different corners. Um, it's, it's probably cost effective to be able to retain Jalen Mills. I would sign Brashad Perriman. That is definitely a big target for me. I, I agree with you. Like they have to get speed in here in free agency. Like they have to. You can't go into the draft banking on that. Yes. Who had the Perryman post too? Was that Kist or was that Solak? That was yes, Kist, Kist right? had that. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, I put uh, Patrick Anwusser from the Ravens okay. uh, at linebacker. So maybe if it's not him too specifically, just that kind of tier, I think that kind of, I don't, 
I don't know if Quiet Kasky is going to be affordable to them because it seems like his, yeah, he might he be might one be of those guys. Too, I, like, would, I would put him in a tier above on on Wooser Mooser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, I'd, I'd, I'd have him in that in that next tier as well. So I, I'm I'm thinking the the point there is like they're going to sign a cheaper linebacker in that case, like in this plan, like so they're going to go, go like the uh, the LJ Fort. Who's the Broncos guy the year before? Well, we have a question about that coming up. Oh, later. okay. All right. Well, we'll so, so <laughs> okay. I will, I will, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would pay Malcolm Jenkins. It seems like there's kind of been some buzz on him reading Jeff McLean and, and Tim McManus a little bit and like reading into some of the articles they've put out recently. There kind of seems like some uncertainty there. It doesn't sound to me like that's a lock. Malcolm Jenkins is even back 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, just reading into that, like maybe it's nothing, but I don't know. Like the, the vibe there is a little interesting to me. Uh, so that's something to monitor. And we'll get into this one too a little bit later, but I think I'm moving Avante Maddox to safety and okay. we will talk more about that later. So, and then I'm not bringing Rodney McLeod back. Uh, I would sign the Adrian Waddle most importantly because I mentioned him as a free agent target back when we <laughs> did a podcast earlier this year. And okay. I think they need a, some kind of more proven swing tackle option because I mean, your guys right now are Jordan Mailata. And Matt Pryor, like I think you could use a different veteran if you're yeah. letting Jason Peters walk. So uh, I would have that. And then for the draft, you know, I'm not going to do obviously like a full all all ten picks right now. Which, by the way, the Eagles did pick up the three comp picks as as really you should have noted. I, I don't know how you didn't lead with that, Jimmy, considering your <laughs> love for comp pick. But I would have Henry Ruggs or Justin Jefferson ideally at number twenty one. I think it like those are the guys I'm honing in on. Ideally, would like to get one of those two. Think. They make the most sense realistically as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson comparison I saw recently that I never really like conceptualized before, but I like Evan Silva kind of compared him to a Michael Thomas, and I was hmm. like, hmm, that's a uh, that's an interesting one because right. I think when you when you frame it that way too, it's also like I think then people kind of start to care a little bit less about speed, especially you have that guy. You know what I mean? Like let's say like the Eagles adding. Michael Thomas, the actual Michael Thomas to their roster right now, like doesn't necessarily solve their speed issue, right? Like it's not like he's your deep threat, but he's really freaking good. So like point being, that's why you would draft someone like Justin Jefferson at number 21. If you believed in him, if he could be that kind of impact player, like in the slot. Uh, can can I guess where like he drew that comparison from? Did, did he give his reasoning for that or he just kind of throw it out there without explaining? Well, he did a mock, and then um, someone was like, I like Justin Jefferson for the Eagles, but uh, they do have Greg Ward in the inside. And and, and Evan Silva was like, Greg Ward, not a bankable long-term guy. Justin Jefferson is very similar to Michael Thomas, in my opinion. Well, here's where I think that makes sense, that comparison. I, I never thought of that before, but Michael Thomas's uh, completion percentage, like when they, when they throw to him, was absurdly high. Like his yep. completions per target was absurdly high. And you can say the same thing for Justin Jefferson at LSU this past year. I think they're yeah. very similar in that respect. And they're, they're neither neither are burners. You know, like I think Michael Thomas yeah. ran like a four five seven or something like that. Uh, I mean Jefferson ran what a four four three, but yes. you know he's not known as like a speed guy. He's more like a guy that kind of works. He works all three levels of the field, but isn't like you know take the top off the defense guy. Yeah, he can go deep. He can make it play down the field, but he's it's not his calling. Yeah, you don't you don't have safeties like you know playing 20 yards off the line of scrimmage because he's yeah. in the game, yeah. But he can win there, so it's not, sure. you know, right. Right. you can't just write it off. Um, yeah, so one of those two guys, I think, is the guy, Henry Ruggs or Jeff- Justin Jefferson at number 21. The other positions I kind of have prioritized here, 
Um, in a general order, not necessarily like definitively, would be a defensive tackle. They, they have to add a young guy there with Cox and Jackson aging. Cornerback, uh, nickel, in this case, I put here, especially if in my plan, like you're moving Maddox back to safety. Um, and they just have to pick up a cornerback at some point, obviously. And they've been looking at some, by the way, of those pre-draft pre, pre visits they've had. Uh, I think two are cornerbacks, and both of them have nickel experience. So that's another question we'll get Who to Who was later. the other one? It was Amik Robertson and... Right. Uh, it was uh, Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Oh, Darnay Holmes. Big fan of Darnay. Yeah. yeah. Well. You know what he so. is? He's a finger wagger. Yeah. Well, he's, so he's, uh, he's, got some, he's got some swagger to him. You can and see so that is Robertson. very clearly at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, those are both, I feel like, short I love. Like, I, kinda... love a, I love Robertson. He's like I profiled him during the year, and he is 100% a Schwartz guy. Yeah. He's also a finger wagger. That guy doesn't give a shit. Like, he'll, somebody pointed out. Was it kissed again on him? Yes. Where he, not, I don't think he wrote an article. Did he write an article about him? It was I did a tweet. See, I did see something like, on Twitter uh, about him going against Colin Johnson, the yes. six six <laughs> six six receiver from Texas. Meanwhile, Robertson's five nine, just doesn't care. Just you know, is just playing him hard. And uh, I like I like his mindset. That guy. He was giving him the business. Yes. As they say. <laughs> Right. Uh, safety, because, I mean, that's kind of just obvious. They need to get younger there. Uh, it's a position they've neglected youth-wise too long. Uh, linebacker. They only have one linebacker, as we said last week, signed beyond this year and that currently, and that is TJ Edwards. So they got to add some depth there. Uh, another wide receiver. Like, why not? Double dip. You have 10 picks. This class is loaded. Why oh, not? get? You're going all through the draft? Um, I'm just listening. Like these are the positions I have in kind of a, a loose order. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they they need every position, uh, offensive line, and then tight end. I kind of have later on. I could see a day three tight end. Yeah, that's You're what I run a lot have. of two tight end sets. You better have somebody better than Richard Rogers or Josh Perkins. All right, so let's take a break here, Jimmy, and then we'll get into some mailbag question questions questions questions, questions. from the listeners, Jimmy. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 109. Let's get to some mailbag questions. Jimmy, I want to start off with an in-person question I received. Let's go back today. and forth on this, by the way. So okay. you'll ask yeah. viewers, I don't know what Brandon's questions are. He doesn't know what mine are. We'll just go back and forth. So our right. answers. I like it. We'll be off the cuff when we're not the uh, recipient. When we are the recipient of the question, we're going off the cuff. So this is from good friend Matt Daring. Oh, he asked me this person question doing? today. Yeah, he's doing well. Um, also, his dog Zipper is awesome and also doing well. So okay. great news all around. He, I, I was like, Matt, <laughs> do you, can you come up with a question for the podcast? And he was like, all right. First of all, he was like, uh, it, it, are things going to be interesting? He was just kind of just being, you know, Matt with that kind <laughs> yeah, of question. Yeah, yeah. So uh, his real question was, who's going to win this year's Corey Nelson Award? Which is the name you were thinking of earlier. <laughs> right. Who's yeah, going to be yeah. that like random linebacker they sign early in free agency? Okay. So if we're saying that Nick Kwiatkowski doesn't apply there. So yes. you're talking about just like, uh, you know, the guy that they don't really spend a lot of money on is, you know, a special teams guy. Yeah. Like a Chris Maragos even. Yeah. All right. So oh, what's his name? Um, I profiled a guy like this. Oh, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Okay. linebacker from the Bears. I know his like measurables were ridiculous. You know the spider chart is more at least on the measurable like the uh, athleticism part. Athletic. He's not a big guy. He's like six foot. Like you know, he's one of those like he's about like Nate Gary sized. He's like, you know, six, like six, six, six foot, foot. two thirty two. Yeah, okay, that's about right. Yeah, so he's not a big guy, but he can. He's been in the league for like six years, I think, and uh, has been a quality special teamer. 
didn't I think he started like two or three games over his entire career. They were both or all like last year. So he kind of fits the LJ Fort profile in, in some ways like that. Like LJ Fort kind of had the same uh, career trajectory. I think, although I think his starts kind of came as a rookie. Uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis started a few games this past year uh, and actually played pretty well for the Bears down the stretch. So I think he fits as the guy as the low cost signing that you, you know, you know, he's going to make the team. He's going to play special teams and uh, is maybe like a, a reserve linebacker for when you need him at some point, as the Eagles usually do during the year. You got one? No. Okay. I'll go with yours. All, All right. right. LaShawn McCoy. Hmm. What do you think? What about him? <laughs> bring him back? Would you bring him back? I would not, but I would say the Eagles are not. I, I would say they have more than zero interest just based on in the past. They've like tried to reacquire him like yeah. multiple times. So I would I would say they that's like it, there's more than a zero percent chance it actually happens. But I would not go that route. No, I would not either. I think he's washed. I mean, he was he was a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. He's, come on, we can do better than that. Jack, this is at Jay Despero ah. on Twitter. Sounds like you know Jack. Yeah, I like Jack. What would be the Eagles' plan if they get outbid for Byron Jones? Yeah, well, they're going to have to sign a corner. <laughs> like, one way or the other, they have to get one. So I think, like, the next tier of corners would include guys like Trey Waynes. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Who does he play for again? <laughs> the Bills. I hear Kevin Johnson, and I just think uh, the, the you know, the wide receiver who was, uh, who played with McNabb in college and was always mm. linked to the Eagles. Remember him? Or no, maybe before my time. too old for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they got they have to sign somebody from that next year. I don't think you can move from Byron Jones, by the way. Like, if you miss on him, I don't think at that point now you go to the, the next best cornerback, who I think the consensus on that would be James Bradbury, because I think there are going to be some teams out there who make Bradbury their primary target. So I don't think you can mm-hmm. jump in late on him and be like, and, you know, kind of pull a rabbit out of your hat if you miss on Byron Jones. I think you got to go to that next tier of corners, which for me, I think the guy that makes the most sense would be, like I said, Trey Waynes. There's kind of been talk. I did a Q&A on BGN earlier this week, and people are asking, like, would you rather have Byron Jones or a couple of those, like, middle-tier corners? And to me, the answer is clearly Byron Jones. Yes. I think, <laughs> yeah, get I it think, right. I, I, yeah, I think people have this bad idea of, like, um, you just sign those middle guys, and that's actually better than getting one great guy. Like, no, I don't, I don't think it is, because I think – both of those guys could be like maybe not that much better than Ronald Darby when like Darby is playing well, like not you know Darby at his worst when he's hurt, but like when he was actually kind of fine. Like I don't I don't know if they're that much better, and I just don't think the value is like that great either. Like people just think okay you're paying less than eighteen million, but okay but you're still overpaying for the guy relatively. So I don't love it. And the other part of the question was what number would Byron Jones wear? I guess if the Eagles did sign him, oh. and I would say. 21 because he wore 31 the cowboys that's not available right now what did he wear in college uh 16 so yeah 16 huh that's a weird number for a corner it is that's interesting he could go 36 i wonder i wonder what the story is on that why why 16 well we can ask him yeah maybe but 21 that i think you're right i think that sounds right because mills is not moving away from 31 mills had like mills 31 means something to him like he picked that because "Quote unquote," thirty-one teams passed on him. Actually, yep. thirty-two teams passed on him repeatedly, and then the Eagles <laughs> finally took him in the seventh round. So you really uh-huh. should have been thirty-two, but <laughs> but well, he's I thirty-one. Mean, really, he could have been what two hundred and something. <laughs> you know what would be fun this year is the. I think the Eagles have really shown a pattern of 
holding numbers for players that they think are coming back. Yes, Wisniewski, Corey <laughs> <Yes>. Graham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that'll be. I think uh, that'll be a fun article to write at some point during the summer. <laughs> Sproles. Yeah. All right. If you had to self quarantine with a roommate, would you choose that roommate to be Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson? Man, that's a really good question. <laughs> I like that one too. I think it would be Howie because. Oh, by the way, I I'll, should note. I, I and by the way, I did a bad job. I didn't note who asked these questions. I should probably go back and yeah. do that. Yeah, uh, give people the credit, Jimmy. I, yeah, absolutely. So I'll find all these. But uh, anyway, continue. I I would love to talk to Howie like in in a truth serum kind of way, and maybe he wouldn't open up to me, but I feel like he might have to at some point uh, if we're just spending all that time together. Maybe we can kind of build a trust there. I would, because I would love to get his perspective, or or really just to be able to talk to him freely. You know, uh, I think Doug could be more fun to hang out with, like kind of a great guy to have some beers with, and kind of just like you know shoot the s, so to speak. Yes. But I want to, I want to get the truth serum in Howie and kind of pick his brain. I would wait until Howie fell asleep. I, I'd, I'd, I'd hit Howie with some Nyquil, and then when he fell asleep, I'd get his thumb and I would yeah. have him unlock his iPhone. And uh, I just go through that thing and get scoops galore. Yeah. Maybe some things are better off not said. <laughs> <laughs> I would openly commit a crime. Is that a crime? I guess uh, it is, huh? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> All right. So my, my McCoy question was from Mig. Okay. And my self-quarantine Doug or Howie question was from R. Cotite. All right. Mm. You're up. Go ahead. So... Rich, that's what Rich Kotite's up to these days. <laughs> yes, listening to BDN Radio. Uh, I have see, I have an interesting situation here, Jimmy. Some controversy potentially in the mailbag questions because I got this question from at F one Y Eagles F one Y like Fly Eagles Fly except with the one instead of the L's and username was like Huey P. But then I see this other account uh, at Great Since ninety three also Huey P. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is this the same guy trying to get two questions in? I mean, I, I would have taken his two questions and yeah. well, one account. There was, there's not a limit, but I don't know. Kind of a conspiracy here. So Get two in in a shady manner, even though mm-hmm. he would have been allowed to anyway? Is that, is that what yeah. you're saying? Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't, so I don't know what's going on there. But I appreciate the questions regardless. <laughs> what is the, the best case scenario for the 2020 Eagles wide receiver starting trio? Assuming we the Eagles spend big in free agency on corner in defensive end. For for week one, I think you want Deshaun there. Yes, chalk pick. So Deshaun, I think you go double speed there. So you go Deshaun mm. and Perryman. Yes. And then if you do get Perryman in free agency, then I think you're comfortable getting uh, Justin Jefferson in the draft. So that would yep. be my three. And I think he starts day one if you draft him in the first round. Yep. That is my ideal as well. And then you have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside fourth or whatever. Yeah. Maybe Greg Ward is your fifth. Like, that's a – I would take that. Sign me up. I would take that group. Uh, your turn. This question is from Jimmy, not me. Hmm. Which Eagles free agent – a which, which Eagles outgoing free agent, that is. Yes. Will get a surprisingly high contract. And which Eagles outgoing free agent will get a surprisingly low contract? Surprisingly high is I, I don't think Big V is surprising if there's a report out there that he's going to get surprising money, right? Is, is that fair to say? I had Big V. So the, the, these questions are coming from my chat, by the way, which I did at yeah. on Friday. I had Big V for my high, so mm-hmm. 
And I don't, I don't, I, don't, I couldn't think of anyone else who like would would get a surprisingly high high amount personally. I think, uh, I think Aguilar could get a surprising amount yeah, okay. relative to, to relative to like how Eagle fans feel about him heading out the door. Where do you think he lands? Door. By the way, uh, I think the Colts. I think that makes the most sense. That's, yeah, that was too. thrown out there. Um, I mean, Frank Reich always talked about him glowingly. Uh, and then obviously Mike Groh is there too, where he had his best receiver or receiving year under with Mike Groh as receiving coach. And then surprisingly low, I mean, I don't, again, it's not surprising, I guess, but I would say Jordan Howard, I guess his market could dry up and maybe that's how he would return to the Eagles and running backs just don't get paid. So that was my, that was my answer on the low too. Yeah. So we're, I've, we're kind of chunky. I have here. nothing to add on that one. My, I'll hit you with this is the other Huey P question. Okay. With, a deep draft class at wide receiver. Should the Eagles invest in a defensive back in the first round and then grab a wide receiver in the second round? No. Agree. No. So I don't think corner is going to be a high draft priority because they have to sign one in free agency. They have to sign two in free agency, whether they keep Mills and they sign another guy or they sign another or they sign, you know, another guy and they let Mills go and they sign, you know, another incoming guy. That, 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 that none of that made sense. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> they have to sign two cornerbacks in free agency, whether that be uh, you know one of their own, Jalen Mills, or incoming guys like Byron Jones. They have to get two, no matter what. Once they yes. get those two guys, it doesn't make sense to draft a corner in the first round because mm-hmm. you, ha- you have those two guys and then you have Maddox, assuming he doesn't move to safety. And if you don't have Maddox, then you have Le- LeBlanc. And I, I just don't think the corners are really strong in my opinion, in the first round anyway. I think there's a nice grouping of them in maybe rounds two or three. And if the value's there, then maybe you get one there or even four or five or whatever. But once you sign those two guys, it becomes not a need anymore. Uh, Devil's advocate, what if Jalen Mills only signs a one-year deal? Hmm. Yeah, then maybe. That's I thought about. Again, I, I'll come back to like, I don't think it's very strong in the first round. I agree. And also... Get out of here with this nonsense! Like the Eagles should wait to draft a wide receiver. Like stop, stop, like stop! Don't do this! Like I, I hate this every year. Oh, they should just wait because the class is deep. No, <laughs> they should get the guy as soon as they possibly can. It's right. a huge need. Right. They've had the worst wide receiving core in the NFL like two out of the last what three or four years. Like no, stop! Like don't don't be too patient. Like err on the side of like we need a wide receiver. Let's get one. Like that's the side you want to err on. You don't want to err on the other side. They've neglected it for too long. Stop. <laughs> Agreed. Going to you brought up Avante Maddox just now, Jimmy, and we talked about him earlier. Question here from at Jamie underscore Sir S S U H R ask: What are the chances that Avante Maddox is moved to uh, free safety? Seems like the Eagles are meeting with a decent amount of slot corners, and I mentioned those earlier in the show: Meek Robertson and Darnay Holmes. And the Eagles have been connected to both Logan Ryan, who played literally the most snap slot corner snaps of any cornerback in the NFL last year, and Chris Harris Jr. Is Maddox going to be back at safety? So I think where he makes sense is obviously in the Rodney McLeod role. Yes. Where he's playing a lot of uh, single high back there. And when I went through and pulled all the big plays that they gave up in 2019, like the common theme, you know, the, the very easy, easily identifiable thing is that the corners got toasted left and right. But when you put them all together, the other thing that you, you notice pretty – uh, easily, you know, after, you know, watching one after the next, after the next, is that Rodney McLeod never bailed him out. And there were plays to be made by Rodney, Rodney McLeod, and he just 
couldn't get there in time. I think he really lacked speed last year. I mean, he, he never was really that fast to begin with, but coming back from the injury, I think uh, he really kind of also lost a step. Maddox can run. So Mad- Maddox has very good athletic measurables. You put him back in single high safety, I think he is a guy that can kind of play, um, you know, sideline to sideline, so to speak, uh, on the back end there. And he, I think he might have made some of the plays that Rodney McLeod did not last year. So he does make sense in that respect. All right, let's uh, take one last break here. Brandon? Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 109, answering your Eagles questions, non-Eagles questions, whatever questions you sent to us in this mailbag edition, partially, of BGN Radio. Uh, Jimmy, I asked you a question last. What do you have for me now? Oh, yeah, okay. So this isn't from anyone specific. I just got various versions of this question. But uh, more likely to trade up or trade back? Uh, so the biggest, I think, the Eagles move up. The most, I think, they move up in the NFL draft would be to like 18. Because the Dolphins pick there, and I could see them being willing to trade back. And I think the Eagles wouldn't, it wouldn't cost too, too much. You know, last year they moved up three picks right. or three spots to draft Andre Dillard. It cost them two day three picks. I think that's like the highest they would go realistically. And realistically, I think that's what the, the highest they should go because they have 10 picks and they need to keep these picks. They can't be just throwing around picks willy-nilly. I think it's more likely they move up because I also think they're not going to move back. And when you look at Howie Roseman's track record of moving back, as you've highlighted on Philly Voice, yeah. it's not really great. And I think I think he almost only trades back when like uh, it's like, well... When things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's a good way to put it. So I would... You know, if I'm an Eagles fan, I would hope they don't trade back. I think what things you? can go wrong, though, in this draft. So, like, I think we're both probably in agreement that if they move up, they're moving up to one of those top three receivers. Yep. Right? The The other guy that I can maybe see them moving up for would be, like, a Javon Kinlaw. Agree. But beyond those four guys, I can't really see them moving up. And I I think if you if you move up, if you're the Eagles, you can't move up like into the top fifteen because then you're giving up like significant resources. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna move up, you're moving up into the late teens, or you're maybe maybe even moving up like one spot. You gotta worry about like the Bills behind you, a couple other teams that are also wide receiver needy. So if one of those three guys do fall and the Eagles really like them, then I think they they can't they can't wait for them to fall at twenty one. So I do think it, I agree. I think it's more likely they move up. However, if they're unable to move up and get one of those three guys, assuming they do like one of them, and they're sitting there at twenty one, is there really a big difference in who's available there than who's going to be available at I don't know twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight? Mm-hmm. So I think it does make sense actually to move back this year, even mm-hmm. though as you noted, historically speaking. That has typically not gone well. Question from at S-Word. Stoke says, the Eagles offense <laughs> wants to run out of 12 personnel. Knowing this, and with neither Zach Ertz nor Dallas Goddard locked into long-term deals, doesn't it make sense to invest a mid to late round pick into tight end if they like one in case Ertz or Goddard leaves or as injury insurance? It's a little far away, I think, in terms of... Uh... How much time those guys left have on those guys have left on their deals? When's Earth's contract run out? It's after twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. And Goddard is, you know, obviously every rookie deal is a four year deal, so um, he's got Next he's year. got two years left. So 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's something you got to start thinking about with Goddard's going to be on the team long term. Like they're going to they're going to want to get a long term deal done with him, I would think, because he there's not anything he doesn't there's he's got no weaknesses. Like, does he want to resign? He does everything well. I mean, I'd assume that that would be a priority guy next offseason for the Eagles to get a long term deal done with. But does can. he want to resign if he knows Zach Ertz isn't going yeah, anywhere? Yeah, that's a fair question. I think um, you know the way that this upcoming season plays out, we'll probably be able to better answer it then. Like, how much playing time is he getting? Because mm-hmm. if he's getting, you know, if he's on the field for the whole game or just about, then does it does it even matter if Zach Ertz is also on the team? That's a better question for him, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was uh, Stokes' actual question? Uh, do you think the Eagles draft a mid to Oh, late yeah. Round? So, yeah, I can absolutely see that. But and also, if one of those guys does leave one way or the other, do they just continue on with the two tight end sets at that point? Or do you just mm-hmm. tailor your offense to, you know, whatever they kind of become? I don't think you just go with a two tight end set because, like, you know, that like that's what you know, certain mm-hmm. coaches always run. That doesn't really exist in the NFL, really. So... I think they just happened to, you know, draft Dallas Goddard and they went, okay, well, I guess we're going to run two tight end sets now. Now that we know that he's good and Zach Ertz is good, it just makes sense to run two tight end sets. So I don't think they necessarily want to run two tight end sets for the sake of doing it. I think they're just doing it because that's what their personnel dictates. At the same time, I do think it makes sense to draft a tight end on day three, if one makes sense. Because, like I said earlier, you really want to go into the season again with their third tight end being either Richard Rodgers or Josh Perkins? Because, you know, those guys, Perkins got, like, a decent amount of playing time last year. Too much. And, which, oddly enough, like, you know, like, they didn't miss Ertz and Goddard for that much time either. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I think you got to account for, you know, those guys, one, you know, one or one or both of those guys getting injured more than they did uh, the last season. So... You know, I don't know. Um, I would be, I would, I would be underwhelmed, <laughs> to, to put it mildly, if they came back again. And I don't think it's out of the, I don't think it's out of the question that they do this. But if they come back again with Rogers and or Perkins, uh, with the thought of them being the number three. Got to show some love to Alex Ellis here. They're fullback. Alex Ellis, did, he, did they sign him to a futures contract? They did. Yeah. Okay. He was better than both of those guys. I don't know why. <laughs> I agree. I don't, I don't know why they kept those up with you guys over him, but uh, whatever. Your turn, Jimmy. All right. So uh, this is an NFC East question. Mm-hmm. Interesting one. Who handled their quarterback situation worse? The Washington team with Kirk Cousins or the Cowboys with Dak Prescott? I'm going to say Washington. Yeah. Because- okay. Here's why. Because he actually left. <laughs> like, okay. I, I think the Cowboys have also done a lot wrong. And I think you can make the case that them not paying Dak Prescott long-term before Patrick Mahomes is going to work out very poorly for them. Yes. It's already going to um, work out poorly for them. Whether, whether Mahomes signs first or not, they're already – like Dak Prescott already played out the year last year, and he has now won leverage by doing that. Yes. They, he's going to make a – but he's gonna get. I think he's gonna make close to forty a year. Yeah, why not? I but I do think ultimately the Cowboys will be able to keep him though, and I think yes, and I think he'll stay. Whereas Cousins like clearly won it out of Washington too, and and they lost him, which is like a failure. You drafted two quarterbacks in that draft. What was that two thousand ten or whatever it right. was? 
they and they you know they unfortunately for them missed on the one they took they traded up to get high but they got bail- lucky oh big hit fourth rounder yeah and they somehow screwed up like the easiest part of it which is like keeping him so <laughs> I would say in that vein Washington messed up worse because they actually lost him but I mean the Cowboys definitely are in a bad spot with that see I went the other way I thought the Cowboys ha- are handling this worse because from my perspective if I were Washington. I think they were right to not be certain about whether they wanted to keep Cousins at, you know, whatever it was going to cost. Because I think Dak is a lot better than Cousins. So yeah, I'm was, not a, I'm not a Cousins guy to be clear. No, no, I just no, think no. Losing I understand. him yeah, is such a big deal. But but I felt I felt their reasoning and I thought they're you know not giving in and giving him this long term deal for crazy money. I thought that was I thought that made sense. Okay. All right, you're up. Oh, that, that, sorry. That question was from Kephas. Sorry, Kephas. Thank you, Kephas. At Turk Down for What asks, do you think the Eagles really did enough homework on these draft prospects? They were among the first to pull their scouts and then close their facilities. And in a crucial draft, <laughs> will they really be prepared? They were among their first to pull their scouts. Come on. This is, what is a day difference? <laughs> scouts have been on the road all year. I will say this. They did not do enough homework on Andre Dillard, obviously, last year. When you have mm-hmm. Jeff Statland calling him literally the day of the draft to get a better idea of his personality, and then he just kind of signed off on it literally the day of the draft. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good. I'm good with him. We can draft him. That's fine. <laughs> and then sure enough, they do. And now you have all these uh, question marks about uh, Andre Dillard's mentality in the NFL. So I do think that's a uh, a concern that you know maybe the um, – they didn't do as much homework as they should have on their first round pick last year, or they should have maybe had their stuff together a little bit prior to the day of the draft uh, for a guy that you know wound up becoming available. But I digress there. I don't think that the Eagles pulling their scouts off the road <laughs> literally like hours before other teams did it as well is uh, is going to make them more unprepared for the draft than the rest of the NFL. All right, what have you got for me, Jimmy? All right, this is actually my, my final question. This is from Gary. What is your go-to self-quarantine food? We're talking about like, obviously you're not going out. You're, this is something you have. So I answered that as in like my like a dinner food. Mm-hmm. And then I also gave a couple like snacks that I would uh, sort of sort of be like my go-to. If I want to be Mr. Brand, let's guy go. Here. Let's go one. Let's go one of each. We'll do one dinner, one snack. One dessert. Hmm, a dessert too. Yeah, one of each. Uh, I'll start with dessert. Okay. Turkey Hill, chocolate peanut butter ice cream. <laughs> okay. Have some. For the record, I, I would I would Briar's vanilla fudge twirl. Okay. So we both want uh, ice cream. Snack. You're talking about like you know something in the bag. Yeah, chips yeah, yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to go with my late July chips, which I plugged, and someone tried and, and loved them. By the way, I don't, Jimmy, if you haven't what tried are they? them, you got to late July. That's what they're called. Name. Late July. Yeah. Okay. I go with the bacon habanero flavor. To me, that's the best one, but there's other good flavors too. Okay. So I picked that. What about you? Late July is when my is when my personal life ends every year. Yes, same. So mine was hers thin pretzels. Thin pretzels. Yeah. Hmm. Like not like the thick sourdough ones. Okay. The thin ones. Loaded up with salt. Yeah. Those are good. You gotta have salt. I was listening to yeah, who, uh, who would eat pretzels without salt? It's ridiculous. Well, I was listening to the Doughboys recently, uh, which is a great podcast about fast food 
And obviously, I'm sure a lot of people already do listen to it. It's a very popular podcast. Uh, it's a very funny podcast. And they were talking a little it's bit. It's about fast food? Yeah. They okay. review these fast food. I'm working through like, this is, I'm years behind. I'm like three years behind. I've never heard of it. Every episode. It's really funny. Okay. Let's do a, a couple of comedians do it. Uh, it's really good. I think you would enjoy it. So they were talking about pretzels recently. And some of them, some of the people on the show were mentioning about how like, you know, they're, there isn't an, or there's too much salt on some of these pretzels. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's good. To me. You can brush the salt off. Sure. Which I wouldn't do, but you could. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, too much is better off. than not enough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a bad then, take by the Doughboys. Well, I, and, and fairness, I don't know if it was them exactly as much <laughs> as. Um, and then I guess they were talking a little bit more about a soft pretzel too. But still, so for meal, going to meal now because we did dessert and snack. I would yeah. say, uh, so I was of two minds here. And the first mine was to plug the Mrs. T's pierogies since they hooked me up with some free, some free coupons and uh, and gear. You can see that on my Instagram page. Follow me on Instagram yeah. at Brandon Gowton. Um, got a picture of that. Uh, so uh, those are always. I love pierogies. I'm Polish. I'm half Polish. I always love pierogies of, of almost any kind. But I feel like that's not necessarily a natural quarantine food. Like I, you know, everyone might. Yeah, not that's not like an every. That. That's not. Yeah, that's not a quarantine food. Yeah, so I'm gonna say instant mashed potatoes. All right, it's not really like a dinner food. That's a side. I mean, I could make a lot of them. All right, that's a bad answer. That's like one. That's, <laughs> that's like a Thanksgiving. That's like one of your 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 Thanksgiving <laughs> food answers. I went with those. Uh, have you ever had like those Purdue? Uh, they're called like perfect portions. No it's chicken. Yeah, I know it's chicken, but no, I have not. So I get those, and then like, have you ever seen those? Like, they're like bags of like seasoning, and you add like oil and water, or, like vinegar, or whatever, whatever, whatever that you know that individual bag calls for. Yeah. Um. They have like mojito lime. They have, like these are chicken breasts. Applewood, applewood smoky, something or other. Yeah. <laughs> like garlic herb and. And wine, like all these different grill mate uh, marinades. So I'll, I'll get the chicken, and I'll marinate in these grill mates marinades, like all day. And then uh, I have my little system on uh, cooking those bad boys up, and they're fan- they're phenomenal. Every it's a it's a hit. Like every never never like it's never messed up. It's a hit. <laughs> it's a hit every time. Are you serving it's, these to people? It's a hit with me. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, I just opened my front door and I yelled at my neighbors, it was good again. <laughs> the chicken, it worked out again. I know you smelled it on the grill. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that that's my, that would be, because they're easy to do. You get like five, you get like five of these pieces of chicken per bag. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll marinate three of them in one marinade. I'll marinate the other two in another. And uh you know, I'll have like I'll have that on consecutive days, and they're just awesome. Normally, I'll go with uh, I'll, it doesn't even matter what flavor marinade I have on them. I'll usually just throw them on like a a soft taco shell with some uh, shredded cheese, and uh, I'll cook up a little rice. Throw that on there too, and very simple but awesome. Final question for you, Jimmy, yes. before we wrap up here this is from at forty tons seventy miles per hour. Uh, that's at 40 tons, 70 MPH, I should say, on Twitter, asks, Dear Miss Manners, in the interest <laughs> of social distancing, I'm giving up handshakes and fist bumps. <laughs> As covered already, yeah. Seems too formal. Waving, too dismissive. 
the forearm dash too aggressive. What do you advise? <laughs> wait, wait, what were his uh, examples again? Bowing seems too formal. <laughs> Waving too dismissive. And the forearm dash too aggressive. What do you advise? Mm, I kind of like the bow, actually. Hmm. Even if it is formal, I like it. Okay. I can get down with the bow. But uh, in the interest of coming up with something original, um, he did, did he mention the fist pump? Uh, he did not. That's played out, so that that doesn't count. Oh yeah, he said he's well. He said he's giving up handshakes and fist bumps. Oh okay. How about you know? Are you are you utilizing the feet? I Jimmy. Maybe like you give like a little kid and play kind of deal. I, I just saw Matt did did that today. Oh, did someone, he? Uh, he ran into <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but not like you don't do like the extended kid and play version. You just do okay. the one kick, basically just the first dance move of the kid and play. Yeah. Why is that not acceptable? I don't know. Maybe it should be. I Why do we have to touch each other? Yeah, I know. Uh, did the, the bird, where do I hear this? Was this Birds with Friends touched on this? Why, why do we need to touch oh, each other? Oh, we don't say the name of that podcast. <laughs> sure, we can. I think, I think it was Sheil. Was it Sheil or was it, uh, I don't know. But whoever said it, uh, I agree with that point. What's the fascination of everyone touching each other? Yeah, but in their, their most recent episode, Sheil's saying he likes a hug. He likes a hug. Oh yeah. So okay. Yeah, I know. A hug Very is surprising. okay. A hug, like in non in non coronavirus times. Yeah. I'm a hugger. Okay. You never give me a hug. I'll give you a hug next time I see you, buddy. Well, after all of this, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like shaking um, hands. So like old school guys are like, you don't really tell a guy's character if he, if he <laughs> gives you a good grip on that handshake. And you gotta have like a good. You have to have that. Like you, you can have a limp. Have you ever had like the dead fish hand handshake? Oh, it's, it's the worst oh, thing. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. So you can't have that. You got to be a man about shaking hands. But is it necessary? Like why? Why is why did that become this uh, just this overwhelmingly popular social norm? Yeah, let's get rid of that nonsense. I like a fist bump. I prefer I prefer a fist bump. Honestly. I got some OCD tendencies too, so like yeah. I don't love the handshake. Um, <laughs> I would I would for this question, I'm kind of just like a head nod guy a lot of the time. Yeah, okay. So I think that's fine. <laughs> I like the hand wave. <laughs> he, what yeah. do you call that? You call that dismissive? Too dismissive. <laughs> I think that's I think the the visual of like two people standing right in front of each other waving to each right. other is kind of funny. Very dismissively. But I don't think that's dismissive, really. Hmm. But I mean, like two guys, like standing, like or two people, whatever, whoever, standing face to face, waving to each other. Just, <laughs> I feel like a wave is like uh, something that you do from a distance, obviously. Yeah. But two people standing face to face, I kind of like it. That works for me too. I, th- I think the wave is awkward too when you don't know the person more, like because it's, <laughs> it's kind of just like I don't know. It's just a weird kind of element. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Jimmy? No, we wrap up uh, I don't think so. Uh, I would say, as always, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, BGN Radio. We really appreciate it. Jimmy, do you have a hashtag for this podcast? I want to try to do hashtags at the end of episodes to see if people are listening. That's how they can see it. That's how we can tell if they're listening and come up with a little hashtag. Should we do hashtag handshake manners? Let's do uh, hashtag. It's, I think it's got to be something uh, coronavirus related. Okay. Well, I don't. Okay. <laughs> or maybe not. Well, that was kind of adjacent to that. Hashtag. Has, oh, I have one. Uh, you know, like hashtag or, you know, like TV dinners. Yeah. Well, we could do hashtag CB dinners. 
Oh, there you go. All right. There you go. So hashtag CV dinners uh, to let us know that you listened to this episode. Maybe give us some uh, of, of what you would eat uh, in your quarantine zone that you're finding yourself in right now. And, and we can all talk about that That's on Twitter. What, yes, yes. Name your name your uh, quarantine go-to food. With hashtag CV dinners. dinners. Uh, plural, okay. CV dinners. Yes. All right, so that just about does it for this episode of BGN Radio. I've been Brandon Lee Gouton. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gouton. You can follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Read his work at Philly Voice. Read mine at BleedingGreenNation.com. We will be back with you, whether there is free agency or not, uh, next week. And you can hear us then. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.